0: Welcome to the special bulletin review sponsored by Aptio. Here's today's moderator, Jason Miller. My guest today is Adaryl Roberts, a program executive officer at the Defense Logistics Agency. Adaryl, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for taking the
1: time. Hey, Jason. Pleasure to speak with you again.
0: Today we're talking about uh, several different things. First of all, we're gonna get into cloud. Then we're gonna talk about how you're paying for cloud or how you're figuring out how to pay for cloud. And then we'll talk a lot about some other topical areas and successes. But let's just start at the beginning. DLA has been on a journey like every other agency toward getting more applications, more systems in the cloud. Give us the latest update of that effort and how's that journey look?
1: DLA is on move to the cloud like most agencies are um, to maximize some technology and efficiencies we're looking for. And primarily for us, we're looking to transform our legacy systems that no longer serve the agency or our partners, our customers. And we really need to get rid of these once and for all based on some of the challenges we have with our manual processes, our disparate data, and just the aging infrastructure that comes with data center management that DLA has done for years. And so our DBS strategy As we are moving to the cloud, it's really centered around dissecting the current business models that we operate in within DLA and identifying the business problems or needs that could benefit from different technology within the cloud, like artificial intelligence, some data management methods, and other technologies. So based on that, we've been very aggressive and very successful in moving to the cloud. We have 91% of our applications are in the cloud, either in the cloud as standalone systems, or we've transitioned some to software as a service models. About 6% of those are in SaaS models, and then about 85% we migrated as applications to the commercial cloud environment. And we're also still planning to migrate our SIPR, our classified environment, um, that would be migrated to the cloud by the end of FY23 as well. And so in these cloud migrations, there's You need to have some focus. You need to have specific objectives. And we focus on three key areas. One, I already spoke about our effort to accelerate from legacy applications, but in doing so, we do realize some of our processes are unique and we have to maintain those capabilities. But in doing so, we're going to put that in a single DLA platform with a single sign-on capability. And so that's going to benefit the user. That's going to benefit our customers so that as you're doing business with DLA, you only have to log into the platform once, and then you can conduct your business wherever you have to conduct that business in DLA. Today, that's not the case. If you have to order maps, if you have to order PPE, if you're ordering medical equipment, if you're looking for the status of orders as an external customer, there are various systems and logins you have to do in order to get that information or complete that transaction. And for our internal teammates, simple things like timekeeping, leave requests, training requires a lot of sign on, sign out, navigating through different pages and so we need to make that a more seamless effort for our workforce and for our customers as we move forward. The other thing we're looking at is, is also getting our data architecture in order. I'm sure you've heard as most people that are going through digital business transformation, IT modernization, data is king data, you know, information and data moves before a transaction. And so our CIO, Dr. Ducek has a heavy emphasis on the importance of data and and data architecture. And so in order for us to fully leverage that strategic asset, we have to get our data architecture in order across our enterprise systems, along with our partners in order to maximize any AI machine learning technologies and also other automations. And then critical to all these initiatives, you know, we have to keep in mind our mission is to support the warfighter and support whole government for national disasters and pandemics. And so everything that we're doing in this cloud journey is to enhance our ability to support business processes and help them fully leverage emerging technology to create efficiencies in those areas.
0: Daryl, I want to shift just a little bit because there's a lot to talk to about the cloud and and a lot of your successes. When agencies moved to the cloud, or if you, as you probably remember when it was cloud first, it was all about cheaper, better, faster. Then we moved to cloud smart from a government perspective and this idea of how do we measure the benefits of cloud because cost is not always the issue. Sometimes it's going to cost more, but you're going to cost more because you're going to get better, more services. So how is DLA measuring the benefits of cloud? Can you talk to me with the cost, the agility, the flexibility, all those factors, those metrics that you look into?
1: I think you hit on a a lot of it, but I I think there's the traditional measurement of IT business value that we use for the cloud. So you look at the net present value, your, your return on investment of being in the cloud versus where you were, what's the payback period for that return, and then the economic value added. And the total cost of ownership those are all things that we traditionally look at in terms of it business value um, that you monitor and so the pay-as-you-go cloud fundamental strategy it changes that because initially there's not that ramp up right when you stand up a data center and you buy hardware and things of that nature you have that foundational cost as your baseline and so it's been an adjustment to not have to account for that cost and just trying to measure it because you're literally paying as you go. If you use the capacity, you pay for it. If you use less capacity, money comes back to you. And so that's different for the government because typically once a check goes out, you don't get a refund check back in saying, thank you for your money, but here, here we don't need it. So that's different from a government perspective to actually manage the pay-as-you-go model within the cloud so that we are being efficient and we are making adjustments to the levers as we need to, right? There may be times where we actually need to increase capacity for some mission reason um, for a short period of time. We need to be able to see that once we're able to use some AI machine learning to help anticipate that and then make that decision. And then when it's time to pull that lever back, have the ability to pull it back uh, from a management perspective. But we're, we're working on that. And then as you move into the the managed services, the SaaS, just understanding their model and as a customer, how do you monitor and, and, and ensure that you're getting the value based upon their billing and, and support methodology and that you're paying your fair share and not someone else's share as well. That, that's a little different for us from having our own data center. So it's been a learning process for us here at DLA to to operate in that capacity, but we're, we're getting better every day. And we also, we know we're not in this journey alone. So we work with others and and ask questions and get lessons learned on how to do it better.
0: The pay-as-you-go model is very interesting because one of the challenges is is understanding what you're buying. What's the conversations like internally for DLA? As you say, okay, we're going to take system X and put it in the cloud. What kind of work do you do to understand what the system's needs are? What, what, are you using any sort of framework to measure that that cost, that that benefit. Help me understand, maybe break it down one level further about the kind of the, the process that DLA uses.
1: So we have our what we call our DLNH office, within the CIO's shop and and they have a model which they leverage. And we also leverage a lot of the cloud providers models. You know, a lot of the cloud provider models now actually have courses and and tools that help you measure based upon your system performance needs, things of that nature, what the expected infrastructure would need to be for that cloud. But we we do do a system by system evaluation based upon the response times, the coop strategy required if the system fails. Do we need a, a rapid, what we call hot, hot, just one system goes down, the next site goes up? Or can we deal with some latency in terms of the system being down and and bringing the system back up and i think that component has been one become a lot more efficient we went from days or you know weeks in some cases to bring up our larger systems to hours you know within 24 hours of fully operational system and the cost didn't increase for that right in some cases we actually had cost savings because we're in that cloud environment so DLNH actually spends a lot of time working with each of our program offices, our program managers, to leverage their expertise in terms of cloud hosting um, strategies and 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 building practices to make sure we're getting value with each of our cloud contracts.
0: Have you been surprised by anything from in, the, in this move to the cloud over the last couple of years? As we talked about, lower cost, better services or, or kind of the natural things. But as you kind of dug into the metrics, and you looked at your systems more closely has have you been, Oh, I didn't realize we were doing it that, or wow, that was a big hole that we fixed or, or that we plugged or, or that we money was going out the door in a weird way that maybe we didn't need to go that way. Anything stand out to you?
1: I, I wouldn't say from a cost perspective, I think early on, like others, you know, this huge windfall of cash from migrating to the cloud, there's some savings, but memory is cost, what memory costs, storage costs, what storage costs, capacity is capacity, right? So whatever the amount of data and and the needs of the system, whether you're in the cloud or a data center, those costs didn't change much. So I think that was one that we realized early, but I think the biggest thing we found is really just some of the configuration and architecture that we were doing within our data centers and and, and DOD-owned facilities, how rapidly within that commercial cloud environment those technology updates come. That's probably been the biggest challenge we've seen so far is, hey, how do we get up to the standard (laughs) that is in this new cloud environment based upon where we were? Because it's it's a lot faster from a vendor's perspective because they're contracted, because they're trying to keep their certifications I've just seen industry respond a lot faster in terms of having those virgin updates available. Um, and so it's a challenge for us, you know, to do those updates as regularly as we need to, because you don't want to affect business operations. And anytime you take a system down um, at DLA, there's something going on in the world at all times that we're supporting. And so we have to be very mindful when we take the system down, how long we take it down for. And that's been the biggest challenge for us within this cloud environment is keeping up with those frequent version updates.
0: Daryl, on that note, let's take a quick break. we come back, we can continue our conversation. My guest today is a Roberts, the program executive officer for the Defense Logistics Agency. I'm Jason Miller. Two-thirds of
2: federal agencies have begun using the cloud for mission-critical applications. Budget optimization has become central to federal cloud investments. Do you have visibility into current cloud spend? How do you allocate cloud costs and track ongoing spend against budgets and forecasts? Are you being notified of unexpected changes in spending? Say yes with Aptio Cloudability. Accelerate your cloud initiatives, promote fiscal confidence, and get the most out of your cloud. Bring financial accountability to the cloud with Aptio Cloudability. Check out aptiocom cloudability to learn more.
0: Welcome back. My guest today is Daryl Roberts, the Program Executive Officer for the Defense Logistics Agency. I'm Jason Miller. You mentioned about your partners. You mentioned about, you know, kind of bringing people together. I want to go talk about a different maybe set of partners, the C-suite. When your office works with the CFO or the Chief Information Security Officer or whomever or HR or whomever, how are you helping to manage costs, ensuring there's value in those cloud investments? What are those conversations like? Do you have some sort of governance board or governance process? And how does the data play into those decisions?
1: We have a very good governance process at DLA with our with our C-suite executives. And because of the importance of digital business transformation, we actually added two councils to that governance. And so the three primary committees that we use, it's our Acquisition Enterprise Innovation Council, our AEIC, and that's focused on modernization of DLA's acquisition capabilities. And then we have our Enterprise Operation Planning Council, which helps us balance warfighting needs and supply chain constraints. And we also and that includes discussions about technology and, and capability needs that our business areas require. And then specifically our involvement from a CIOPO perspective that we share is the Digital Business Transformation Board. And that's where we dig in a little deeper on the specific initiatives related to DBX. And it's, what's the status? How many initiatives do we have? What's our priority for some of these enhancements or developments? And as a result of these boards that we have, we feed this information up to our vice director, chairs our AG board. That's all our executives, senior executives in DLA. And ultimately, we outbrief the director at the executive board level. For final concurrence, and so it's a very robust, very engaged governance process at DLA in order for us to make this happen because the one thing that we've recognized and acknowledge at DLA when you're doing something this big and this transformative that impacts not just everyone in DLA but it ultimately impacts our customers, you have to have strong leadership um, anything within cultural change um, you know leadership has to push it and support it and make it important every day in order for the workforce to. And um, we have that at DLA. These governance boards meet monthly, at least one week every month, one of these boards is meeting to discuss the, the relevant priorities and whether or not there's a need for joint boards, having a discussion at the AG with the vice director or does it need to be elevated to the director. But it's been very beneficial for us throughout this journey to have this board, just given the impact of, of these changes to make sure that the workforce is getting the right information at the right time. Well,
0: data is the lifeblood of any discussion, we know that. So how much of that discussion goes around the benefits of cloud, the return on investment, how you're explaining, if we move this system X to this cloud, this is what we can expect. Is, is that the the depth of the conversation or is it more at a higher level about what's the mission areas, what's the business process, reengineering? or both?
1: I'd say we get depth, but I, I I will say the one thing we've tried to focus on as we discuss some of these topics are demystifying the technology part of it. You know, if you work in accounting, if you're a logistician or or you do some other business function, you know, sometimes technical talk, which is interesting to us, sometimes you start hearing a Charlie Brown you know, teacher and, and and we lose people and we lose interest. And so, We have these discussions in depth, but we've really tried to demystify the language um, so that it's meaningful in these discussions to the functional user. So we really try to center around the business value of why we're making these changes and what it's gonna enable the business to potentially do in these conversations. And then it it is database. And so um, we have budget discussions in there as well. So we'll talk about the cost of transition, the total cost of ownership, What's that mean to DLA's expenses and bottom line um, from a budget review process? Because IT is expensive. That's just known out there. But we want people to look at IT more than just a cost or, or, you know, something that is taking a lot of, of budget, but it's actually a tool in order for the business to transform itself. So that's why we really call it business transformation and not IT modernization. Because the IT investments that we're doing actually enable the business to just continuously transform itself to be more efficient. And and that's how we like to frame the discussions when we have these boards that meet regularly. And I think that's
0: really the key to getting that buy-in from those non-tech people. Because, right, a CFO may look at you and go, okay, Daryl, how much money do you want this time? And it's, no, no, it's not about how much money I want. It's what's the money mean to help you automate? use a robotics tool to, so you don't have to put manual. And so, so I think that's the key And, and underneath that again, is that something like a technology business management framework or other frameworks to, to kind of measure and show the value of cloud services? Is that something that you all are using?
1: We're very early in our technology business management framework, but we do, we are leveraging other frameworks, other technology to, to help us to bring that value and show that value to them. And so for us, we're, we, we looked at our platform capability that we've invested in and they have what you call the technology business module, I, um, which is similar. And what that's allowing us to do is we're bringing together not just some of the budget information, but how, how is it showing value throughout? And so we're going from idea to demand management to approval to projects being stood up based upon our capability taxonomy and linked to the strategic plan that DLA has so that everyone will be able to see the risk associated with each project. What's the cost? Are we on schedule? Once the schedule changes, if we've increased the budget, you'll be able to see where that increase occurred. And so from that perspective with DLA, we'll be able to actually see the value as well as the cost of what we're doing and then this will help inform us as we do other projects from lessons learned to say hey are there things from a process perspective that we did with project x that we can now you know learn from so that as we're standing up the next project we can plan for those activities because whenever you're doing agile right and that's what we're doing with all of our with all of our dbx is agile you know before you'd have this great plan with waterfall It's a five-year plan, nothing's gonna go wrong. You're gonna be on schedule. You're gonna be on budget. And by the end of year one, you're off schedule. You need more money and the requirements changed. And so with Agile, you move from that to where you're having a constant conversation with with the capability owner. You're showing a little bit, you're delivering a little bit, you're testing a little bit. And when you take that concept on, some of the unknowns that you wouldn't know until year three, four or five, you're now learning as part of year one. And so you have to make that adjustment to that project plan, to that, to that budget that you expect to spend. And so this tool is going to help us bring all that together so that, you know, near real time, our executives, our workforce that's driving these changes, um, they'll be able to see how DLA is progressing um, throughout this journey
0: we've talked about kind of the planning process. You went through your governance boards, you talked about some of the, the the capability taxonomy linked back to your strategic plan, which I think is really important. All right, you got this program up, like the ERP program, I'm gonna tag you back to those 85% of your apps in the cloud and, and all the progress you're doing there. Okay, now you have to manage that cloud spend. You mentioned that earlier, the first time you've been able to do that. What's that process look like? How do you ensure that you're not spending too much or, you have a ton left over i mean you know government kind of has to break even right i mean that's that's the hard goal that you have every year is is to guesstimate how much you cloud how much cloud (laughs) you'll need what's that cloud management oversight look like how are you doing that
1: yeah no it's (laughs) um i think we're doing okay you can always improve um but i think one of the keys that we've had is you know there's a multitude of cloud providers out there and i think you know, while we have a multi-cloud strategy, um, we're not trying to put something in every cloud, right? And so, like most things, if you have certain capacity in cloud environments, you know, you may be able to take advantage of discounts, rebates, other incentives, based upon um, the bandwidth that you're using for your cloud instances. So, we're not, our strategy isn't to, hey, let's put something in every cloud and see what happens. We we have a very focused cloud strategy And then the other thing, once you're in the cloud, making sure that you're monitoring your spend. So we have procedures in place to monitor our cloud utilization, the server usage, storage usage, so that as we get used to those higher limits of what we plan to spend, we know prior to being um, overcharged on that account. And then the other thing we're doing is, we talked about storage capacity earlier. And so, our records management strategy—how we're archiving, purging, and ultimately deleting data out of the out of these systems and applications—is going to be key. At DLA, we're dealing with petabytes of data, and so when you're dealing with that large set of data, your records management strategy is very important to help control those cloud costs. Um, so you're not paying for storage for data that's not being utilized or is not important um, to the agency's mission. So. A combination of those of those factors are what we're using to really provide oversight and manage our our cloud spend.
0: Daryl, we could probably talk a lot longer, but we are out of time for today. So I will have you back on the show sooner because there's so much going on at DLA and so many so much good efforts and, and successes. But let me thank my guest, Daryl Roberts, is the program executive officer at the Defense Logistics Agency. Daryl, always a pleasure
1: to have you on. No thanks, Jason. Always a pleasure to speak with you.
0: Thank you for listening to the special bulletin review sponsored by Actio on Federal News Network.
2: Two-thirds of federal agencies have begun using the cloud for mission-critical applications. Budget optimization has become central to federal cloud investments. Do you have visibility into current cloud spend? How do you allocate cloud costs and track ongoing spend against budgets and forecasts? Are you being notified of unexpected changes in spending? Say yes with Aptio Cloudability. Accelerate your cloud initiatives, promote fiscal confidence, and get the most out of your cloud. Bring financial accountability to the cloud with Aptio Cloudability. Check out aptio.com cloudability to learn more.